after Sunday Mass, I go to the grocer's while Paul reconnects with the local sailors at the tavern. He does not get drunk. We walk home together. Our energies continue to feel like an echo, and I yearn for unison. As night falls, Lampy and the child volunteer to light the evening lamp. I invite Paul on a walk along the shoreline. He accepts. I'm mindful of high tide. We walk close to the bottom of the cliffs by the opening of the caves. The moon is waning, the stars are bright, and there is very little wind. The sea is its own music. What did you say to old man Doherty this morning, after mass? Oh, just to mind his business. We could, you know, as easy as Saturday. A wedding? Yes. What about Diana? Correspondence takes weeks. I've waited long enough. I want to start our lives, Paul. Please. Paul had cried when he proposed. He had picked me up and spun me around like a child, laughing and hollering with joy and purpose. Tonight, he's a stoic recluse. He's such a coward, he can't even respond. Do you still love me, Paul? Is it someone else? There is no one else. There is no one. I'm right here! Wind's picking up. Let's get inside before it gets nasty. He strides toward the lighthouse. I grab his hand with both of my own and pull him to stay on the shore. Don't you understand what I've given up to wait for you? How I've had to cope? You have a line of men who trail you, Nora. You only need to turn around and look. Any of them would want you as a wife. How dare you suggest I'd be satisfied with any other man? I'd rather be alone! Is that why I find you exactly as I left you? Exactly as you left? Are you so bound up in yourself that you cannot see how grief has torn across my body, visage, heart, and soul? You are not the only one whose life has been a blank page for over a year. You've had your father, this child... Care and care and more care to this lighthouse, to my dying father, to a new child who will need care for years. This is not my life. This is not God's design. I don't believe it. I am not the sea, Paul. I am not endless. I cannot love without reciprocity. I am only a man, Nora. My kraken bursts from the sea, waving its arms in the night sky. Paul breaks away. I continue to weep. I look out to my monster, but its arms do not reach for me. The water crashes against the rocks, millennia old and unmoving. Paul grows smaller as he gets closer to the lighthouse. Paul! I gather my skirts and run. The sand kicks up and sticks to the backs of my legs. Paul has slowed his pace but continues in the direction of the house. When I catch up to him, I am breathless. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will be whatever you need me to be. Just don't, don't leave me. Please be patient with me. Please, Paul. I'm sorry. Paul stops. His eyes pour into mine. Good. We walk in silence. We arrive in silence. We undress in silence. Paul will not touch me. The window is open. The sea is a dark abyss. 
Is this to be your fate, Nora? Paul is not a man. He is a phantom. It's time, my sea queen. I wake before anyone. Paul remains asleep in the bed. I turn off the lamp fire. I wait till Lampy takes the boy to town, and then I remove our empty trunk from his room. I do not care if I encounter Paul, but when I return to my room, he is gone. Out of my window, I see he is sitting on our bench, against the foghorn. Fine. Good. I pack my trunk strategically. I'm careful of the weight, knowing I'll have to move it down the stairs and onto a wagon. I see my best dress hanging in the closet. The dress I wore when we were reunited. The one he gave me before he left. I want to burn it. But I pack it. After all, I'm headed to its origin. I write a note to Lampy and the child, informing them of my general destination. They'll learn to look after one another. I believe that deep in my heart. Once finished, I look out the window again. No Paul. I drag the trunk down the stairs. No one questions the noise. No body stands in front of the doorway. I lift it onto our wagon. I look at the lighthouse. I scan our surrounding property. No Paul. I look out at the road ahead. A mile walk to the harbor. I don't care who sees me. I won't be stopped. I am too focused to cry. I am terrified and defiant. This is my choice. Finally, my choice. My choice. The harbor has few people about, the morning catch being well over. Only one ship is being loaded with boxes and travelers. I roll my wagon to the dock and feel a wave of relief to discover this vessel's crew are Canadian strangers. I locate the ship's captain and take out my purse. How much for passage? Fifteen dollars, miss. You're in luck. We don't have many passengers. I hand him the money. I have years of savings with me, and there is still plenty left after paying for my passage. The crew loads my trunk while I wheel the wagon back to land. I leave it under the closest tree. Diana and I pretended to be fairies around this tree. I've been kissed by Paul against this tree. But I am not rooted to this town. Once on board, I easily find Prissy Taylor. Nora! What in the world are you doing here? Leaving. Prissy has, as usual, a pithy comment loaded at the tip of her tongue, aimed ready to be launched at me. But she catches herself. Her face softens. Do you want company? Depends on the kind. One whose hands are busy with needlework, ears open to the seascape, or anything else, if you'd like. Well then. We sit in our shawls on the deck. Prissy is fastidious with her embroidery. And I stare out, looking at my lighthouse. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it is nothing, not even a speck on the horizon. No sightline anymore, no certainty, no anchors, no care. 
no fear of being abandoned. I chose to leave.